Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. This morning, I have entitled for our message, uh, again, keeping in line with the word more, right? By now, we should all know. What is it? M stands for maturity. maturity. O stands for obedience. R stands for repentance. repentance. And today, the culmination of the, the, the messages is for evangelism. The message title is High Time for Evangelism. Glory to God. We're going to be reading from Luke 21, verses 8 through 19. And I will give you a moment to find that in your word. If you have it, Say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Starting at verse 8 in Luke 21, and the word of the Lord says, and this is Jesus talking, and he said, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But here's where it gets good. Hallelujah. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Hallelujah. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Buckle your seatbelts. Hallelujah. We're going in. You may take your seats this morning. I would like to start out by reading... A letter from an unsaved friend. I was given a book of poetry literally last week. This was written by one of our brothers, Dick Morgan, affectionately affectionately known as Pop. I thank you for giving me this, sister. 
But he had the very first poem on the page called A Letter from an Unsaved Friend. And I'd like to share it with you this morning. It says, My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth I walk with you day by day and never did you show me the way. You knew the Savior in truth and glory, but never did you tell me his story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we live together here on earth, you never told me about the second birth. And now I stand before eternal hell because of heaven's glory you did not tell. What a sobering, terrifying, horrible poem. But the reality is there is absolute definitive truth in the words of that poem. There are so many people headed right now straight to hell. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We surely don't want to get involved because we don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. But the reality is these people are headed to hell on our watch. And God expects his church, his people to carry out the plan of of the great commission to continue the work that Jesus began here on earth. Now, let me remind you that there is no question at all that we are now currently living in the last days. There are signs in the heavens above and on the earth below. Nations, we see it every night on the evening news. They rise up against each other. There's a great divide within our own land. Listen, all you have to do is put some political post on social media and you'll, you'll see right away who's loving you and who's hating you. And nowadays, if you say anything about the president or you say anything, you get all kinds of feedback. There's division in our nation. There are accusations. There are wars and rumors of wars all over the earth. We see Israel under attack daily and being surrounded by enemies in every direction. I literally could do a whole message on Israel alone and what they have suffered as a nation. We see famines and pestilence and disease. We're hearing about coronavirus every single day. I saw a terrible video on social media. It was a, a video that's making its rounds in social media. But there are people literally dying on the sidewalks in China. They're dying in, in hospital uh, of floors. And all they could do is cover them with blankets so that the disease doesn't spread further. It's out of control. And it's headed to our country. In fact, there are several people infected here now. We've been hearing about West Nile virus and AIDS and numerous other diseases. We see betrayal on every court show in our land. Mother taking their daughter to court. Father taking their son to court. Everybody in court because they can't solve problems. They're betraying each other. We see that there's an increase in knowledge. You know, right now the internet is global. You could be anywhere in the world and you could find out anything that you need to find out simply with a few clicks of some buttons on your smartphone. 
If something were to happen right now, I guarantee you that there would be a video somewhere, somebody holding up a video, and the whole world will see that event take place instantly. If there was an assassination attempt on President uh, uh, Trump's life, believe me when I tell you, it would be on everybody's phone within five minutes or less of that, of that incident. Everyone in the world will know. The technology is now at hand for the Antichrist to appear. The Bible talks about floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. You know, there was an earthquake just two weeks ago in New York, but because it didn't kill anybody, you're not hearing about it on the news. The news, uh, their theory is if it bleeds, it leads. But if there's no blood, there's no death, there's no gore, it's not going to make the evening channel news. But there are more earthquakes now in our century than there has ever been in the history of the world i want to bring your attention to romans 8 22 it says for we now know that the whole world the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now do you know what that means that the earth is in groaning and the earth is in travail and the tectonic plates are shifting and it's causing tsunamis and floods and earthquakes in the land. This is why we're seeing the earth in such travail because the earth is saying, Jesus, come, come now and restore order to this land. We have many people now claiming to be Christ. We've got a whole bunch of media artists that are saying, I am. They literally call themselves I am, which is a name reserved for God. Uh There are fearful signs throughout the land, in the skies above, in the earth below. We're seeing Christians persecuted now more than ever before in our history. We're seeing Christians being imprisoned for preaching the gospel. We're seeing preachers, street preachers, uh, getting hit with bottles and, and being slapped and punched for sharing the good news in the street. We're even seeing executions, violent, barbaric animals. That's right, I said it. Hallelujah. And I ain't scared of nobody today. Animals. Do you know that animals don't even kill each other like that? They only kill to eat. Humans, they take a dull blade and they start hacking people off by the neck to the head. In other words, they decapitate them. In cold blood, I don't know of anything more barbaric than that. It's pure evil. The world itself will hate Christians because we follow Christ and bear his name. We have now a a Freemasonry and Illuminati agenda, which no one wants to talk about. There are people in church hooked up and and, and connected to these uh, occults. And they're doing it because they think it's going to get them power and fame and glory. It's the same lie that Satan uh, uh, told Jesus in the wilderness. If you would only bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything that your eyes can see. And what did Jesus say? It is written, you shall serve the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. 
this Freemasonry and Illuminati agenda, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're talking about the all-seeing eye, the eye of Horus and the finished pyramid. And they're talking about a wealth of knowledge. And, and when you get to the 33rd degree, you are now uh, enlightened and you are now illuminated. And, and everybody's trying to climb the ladder of the, of the cult success uh, platform. And they're trying to become more knowledgeable about the things of old, the men of renown, which are the Nephilim, the giants that were in the land in Genesis 6. It's being pushed. It's in our money. It's in our currency. It's everywhere now, and we're not even paying attention. And I have to go there. Praise God. We had a Super Bowl halftime show. Listen, if you've been uh, uh, at all looking at Super Bowl halftime shows for the past 10 years, they've gotten so utterly demonic. It's in your face. Blatant occult symbolism is in every single opportunity. They don't miss a single chance. And it's not just Super Bowl. It's the Grammys. It's the Oscars. It's the Emmys. There are people praying to Satan. They literally had horns with lights on them. And all the artists took the horns from underneath the seat and put them on their head. I remember at the Grammys, Jack Black actually prayed to Satan in the Grammys. And everybody was wearing horns. And they all laughed. Ha, ha, ha. We're so silly. This is happening on our watch, people. I want you to look here because this is not about racial pride. This is not, I'm Puerto Rican. I could care less about racial stuff right now. Everything right now, racial, uh, racism is like the buzzword now. If you don't agree with something, it's racist. When are we going to get over it? Hallelujah. Oh, I don't agree with you. You're racist. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. Get over it, man. Look at this. I want you to see very carefully. You see this here? This is a sign. They speak to you in signs. That sign is the the sign of the devil. It's the devil horns, the cornado, the the, the devil sign. And then, you know, bondage and, 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 you know, female empowerment. But meanwhile, all the kids are are in prison. They're in cages of the all-seeing eye of Horus and everything else that went on that night. Video after video. They're trying to let you know that they're part of a certain underground platform. But then again, we as Christians, we need to be a little more astute and and, and have our eyes completely open with this nonsense. In our time, there's now movies. If you've noticed, Hollywood has been more demonic, more occultic. Everything is of spiritual origin right now. They've run out of monsters and Frankenstein and the Wolfman and Dracula. So now they go to demons. They go to the word of God. And they try to create fear and panic and make you think that the devil and his minions are more powerful than the children of the Most High God. These are all based on lies and deceptions. And we're asleep at the wheel. And there are Christians maybe in this very room that says, I can't wait till Conjuring Part 5. I don't know how many they have already. I can't wait. It's coming out soon. Take my money. We've been seeing signs in the heavens above and on the earth below. We literally just went through a tetrad, which is the four blood moons that is written about in Scripture. I wish I had time this morning to break all this stuff down to you. 
But I'm going to show you in a few moments. The Bible says that in the end, there will be signs in the heavens above and on the earth below. I'm going to ask you to put your attention to the screen. I have two video clips that I'm going to show you. They're going to be a little eerie. But I want you to just pay attention. Amen? Back to back. These are strange signs and, 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 and sounds that people can't explain. Science can't explain. I'll try to uh, uh, narrate when you see it. Let's turn off light number one, please. This is in Jerusalem, in Israel. You see the ring? A wow. circle of clouds above Jerusalem. That doesn't make it. Now pay attention. I don't know what that is. Many people believe it was an angel of God. That was on a tour bus as people were in Israel going from one holy site to another holy site. And that was recorded on someone's phone. These are strange sights, strange signs, and different things that people just can't explain. I don't know what I saw. Could that be an angel? I don't know. But the Bible says you will see strange things in the heavens above and on the earth below. Amen? Biblical prophecy is coming on right now, and many of us are not ready for what is about to take place. The Bible says when you see signs like this come to place, look up, lift up your head because your redemption draws near. The Bible says also in Romans 13, 11, and do this, knowing that the time that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Saints of God, this is the reason why I've entitled my message today, High Time to Wake Up, High Time to Awake, praise God, High Time for Evangelism. Our salvation is nearer now than when we ever first believe in the first place. The trumpet blast is coming more close than we've ever heard it before. In my opinion, that sounds like the angels were tuning up, hallelujah. Every single day that passes is one day that we get closer 
to the Lord's return. It's one day that we lose in order to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Every day that passes is another lost effort, another lost opportunity, another lost desire to go ye therefore into all the world. Millions of Christians are waiting comfortably because they are satisfied with their salvation. They're saying, oh Jesus, come today. Oh God, come and get me. Don't forget me, Lord. They're waiting while all their family members, loved ones, co-workers, where the whole world is lost in their sin. Saints of God, it's inexcusable. To be content with your own salvation and allow everyone else in your circle of influence to die without the, na- the saving grace, the knowledge of Christ, is really to be a loveless and selfless Christian. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, it is spiritually criminal. The world that we're in is absolutely dying in a sick death sentence. And that sentence is called sin. Sin equals disease. But guess what? We have the cure. We have the antidote. We have the remedy. And that's Jesus Christ. But tragically and shamefully, we keep it to ourselves. We don't want to force our religion on anyone. We want to be politically correct. We don't want nobody to be upset with us. I tell you the truth, saints of God, we've been duped. We've been duped by political correctness, by deceitfulness of sin. And we don't want to evangelize. Many of us do not have a desire to share our faith with anyone. Many, and and this is true too, many wish that they could, but they feel ill-equipped to go out and and share the gospel because they're afraid. What if somebody asks me a question that I don't have an answer to? What if I don't know what I'm saying? What what if I, I make a fool of myself? What if I make a fool of Jesus? Didn't we read earlier? He says, don't meditate on the words that you're about to speak just go and i'm gonna put the words in your mouth hallelujah and your words will be able to astound even the most wise people in the street and they will not be able to contradict the word of the lord that he has given you and put in your mouth so stop being afraid and believe in the word of truth Evangelism is not optional. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, it's not optional. Every single one of us is supposed to be an evangelist. We are all called to evangelize. I ain't getting no amens and I don't need one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for that truth. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I know it's hot in here. Hallelujah. But there's a time the responsibility needs to take place. The church, we need to own this. It's partly our responsibility. No, Notice how I use the word partly. It's partly the church's responsibility to train and equip and to teach its people how to go ye therefore. But the reality is with all the classes, with all the courses, with all the role play, with all the seminars, we're teaching ourselves into oblivion and the world is dying in their sin because we don't want to take what we have learned and utilize it to reach anyone for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I tell you the truth. 
If you're just sitting and receiving and getting all this knowledge, but you're not doing anything with it, you're missing your ministry. People of God, Jesus is coming. We've heard about it. We've been talking about it. People have been saying it for years. And while I can't go too deeply into the whole prophetic message, I am going to give you guys a quick cliff note version of prophetic uh, prophecy. Amen? Amen? If you would look at the screen, this is God's stopwatch. Amen? Daniel talks about 490 years. And in between, on the 483rd year, you figure one year, uh, uh, one of those weeks equals a year. Right? The, the 400, uh, 490 years. There's a little stopwatch. It's a seven-year period. Praise God. That seven-year stopwatch, God is the one who put the stop on that watch. This stopwatch was stopped on the 483rd week to allow room for the Gentiles to be included into the Abrahamic covenant. Praise God. If you want some scriptural proof you look at romans 11 verse 25 and you write that in your notes this seven-year pause in the prophetic calendar is known as the church age uh, uh, the very uh, uh, seven uh, years that is the church age amen where jesus is the cornerstone and you and i are the living stones where the bible says that the very gates of hell shall not prevail against his church The church age is the pause, the stopwatch for all Gentiles to come to Christ and to be included. And we are now in the seventh church age. If you look at Revelations 1 through 3, it talks about the seven churches of Asia. And each church had a series of years. And out of the seven churches, five of them were commanded to repent. We are now at the last of the seven churches. It's the church age of Laodicea. And you know what its fault is? That it is a lukewarm church. It is a church that has a mixture of hot and cold. Your foot in the church on Sunday and your foot in the world Monday through Saturday. It is a lukewarm church. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't want to commit my whole life to Christ because it's just too much for me. So I'm going to keep and choose and pick and choose what I'd like to do. A menu-driven Christianity. Let's see what the horoscope says today. Oh, it's going to rain. I need my umbrella. Oh, today is a great day. I'm going to be successful today. I'm going to meet someone I haven't seen in years. Listen, Christians, we need to wake up. We are currently in that last age. And let me just point this out. Because people don't understand The rapture, I'm sorry for those on my left, but if you look at this chart below, all right, you you see up here, this is where the church age is. That's where we are now, the church age, right there. Praise God. If you look at this here, this this chart on the bottom, for those that are there, amen, you see that the church age is right now. Right there is the rapture of the church, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 18. The rapture takes place, and immediately we're going to go through a, 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 not we, the redeemed, those are blood brought by the blood of the Lamb, are going to be joined together with those that have gone on before us, and we're going to meet them in the clouds, and so we shall be with the Lord forevermore. 
But on earth, there's going to be a time of great tribulation, a seven-year period. It is divided in two. The first three and a half years, the Antichrist will come on the scene. He will let everybody know what happened to the millions, probably billions of people that disappeared off of the face of the earth and their clothes and their jewelry and their, their false teeth and everything else is on the floor. And their weaves and everything else on the floor. But their spirit is gone. Hallelujah. And the Antichrist is going to be a man full of wisdom. Full of knowledge. And he's going to come and he's going to have a great explanation. A scientific proof that no one can refute. And they're going to say, wow, this guy is a genius. And he's going to manage to get the whole world to come into a new world order. And he's going to declare himself leader of the whole world. But this is a time where there will be a peace treaty between nations. He will declare world peace, especially peace between Israel and Palestine. And in the middle of that peace treaty, in three and a half years, he will break his own treaty and all hell will break loose on earth. And that is known as the second part, the great tribulation. And then there will be a battle of Armageddon, which will culminate at the end of that seven-year period where every nation on earth will join forces together to eradicate Israel off of the face of the earth. And that's when Israel, for the first time ever, will bow down and say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they will cry out to Jesus. And then Jesus will come again, the second coming of Christ. And guess who's going to be with him riding on some white horses? praise God and then there will be a millennial reign a thousand year period and, and we're going to be living and ruling with Christ on earth and heaven praise God but a new Jerusalem will come the, the golden city 1500 miles high 1500 miles wide 1500 miles long it's a square box of gold hallelujah with 12 levels with gates of pearl and only the redeemed will be able to walk in Guess who the redeemed are? We'll be able to go into the city and out of the city. The streets will be made of gold. The floors will be crystal and glass. There will be precious stones on every wall. There would be mansions and everywhere else. And we will rule with the Lord Jesus. But those that somehow are able to survive the millennial reign will enter into the millennial kingdom in the flesh. And there will be marriages and babies being born in the flesh. And let me give you a biblical pattern so you don't think I'm crazy. Jesus came to earth in his glorified body and he walked on earth for 40 days and 40 nights in a glorified body. He walked through walls. He appeared, disappeared. He did all kinds of miraculous wonders and everybody else was in the flesh. It is a foreshadowing of things to come. In the millennial reign, there will be more people glorified body. We won't need to get married because we're already married to Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We don't need a woman or a man to complete me. On earth, you complete me. Hallelujah. You're my rib. But in heaven, peace out. Hallelujah. I got my room back. I finally get to have my own room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to somebody. Praise God. But you can visit anytime you want. Hallelujah. You're all welcome to come to my house and have some tea. Hallelujah. But at the end of this millennial reign, the devil will be loosed one more time. Because he has to still have an opportunity to even deceive those that were born in this age. Where they didn't know what it was like to live in a world full of sin. 
And so he must be let loose one more time for a short season. And then after that, he will be tied up, thrown into hell. And that's when the people will say, is this the man who shook the nations? Is this the man who caused all the fear on the land to come? And then the judgment. The white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for the believers. That means you and I, guess what? Even believers are going to be judged. Amen? And the great white throne judgment is for the unbeliever, those that died without Christ. And the judgment seat of Christ, the one for believers, is going to be for commendation. That means for reward. You're going to be handed out reward at that judgment seat of Christ. But those that are apart from Christ and never chose to walk with the Lord, their judgment is for condemnation, where they will receive the worst death sentence ever known to mankind. People, the prophetic calendar has already begun. The rapture of the church will take place at any moment. I'm telling you the truth. I cannot say it any other way. Jesus is coming. He could come right now. Hallelujah. There is absolutely nothing else that needs to take place. Every prophetic verse of scripture that is, is already done. The only prophetic verses left happen after the rapture of the church. The great tribulation I just spoke about. Hallelujah. It will be a battle on earth like you've never seen. And there would be rapid succession of all kinds of natural disasters and and temperaments and, and pestilence and you name it. The first three years would be natural devastation. But the last three and a half years will be on top of it in more uh, a rapid succession, even worse natural disasters. But also the Antichrist will demand loyalty. And in order to be part of his system, you will have to take a mark on your forehead or on your wrist. It's known as the mark of the beast. And the technology is already here. And if you don't take the mark, you will be considered a rebel, a terrorist, an outcast. And you know what? We know how to deal with terrorists. Let's just decapitate them and wipe them off the earth so we can have our own little utopia paradise. That's what's going to happen. You notice how we're being desensitized every night on the news? We hear about people getting decapitated. Oh, too bad. So sad. Another guy got decapitated. You know, and now when 25 Coptic Christians or 30 of them are being slaughtered on the news and you see their, their, their blood on the, on the beach, we're being desensitized. Why? Because the enemy knows exactly what he's doing. I'm going to ask you a question because so many people say, Pastor, why are you going there? Why? Because we need to know what is in store for those that are not with Christ Jesus. I want to be one of those right there on that white horse. I want to be in that number. Glory to God. I want to be able to come back with the Lord when he goes and makes the earth right again. Let me just tell you, because people say, I've been hearing about this for years, so I'm I'm going to continue to give you some prophetic updates. Israel became a nation May 14, 1948, but they did not have possession of the land, the complete land. Jerusalem was still under Palestinian control. In 1967, there was a six-day war, and Israel was able to defeat the enemy. They were vastly outnumbered, outgunned. There was so much against them, and in six days, they literally took possession of Jerusalem. 
they were able to now have complete control of the Holy Land. Why is this important? Because number one, that is a scripture that was a birth right there in Isaiah. He said, can a nation be born in a day? Yes, Israel was born May 14, 1948. And then in Matthew 24, 33 through 34, Jesus said, the nation, the people of God that are alive to see this come to pass, that generation shall not pass. I was born in 1967. I am 52 years old. I was born in this time. I was born when Israel took possession of, of Jerusalem. So the next question is, what then is a biblical generation? How long is it? Is it 40 years? Is it 60 years? Is it 100 years? I've heard some scholars talk about 52 years and they did all the math. I don't know what a biblical generation is. I wish I did. But I know one thing. I look outside, I look at the news, and I know Jesus is coming. And I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that we are the generation that will see the coming of Christ. Believe that. At any moment, Jesus can come again. The Olivet Discourse. It's, no, it's named as the Olivet Discourse because it took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was asked by his disciples... Father, Lord, when will the end come? And he began to share with them the, the signs of the end of the age. They were in an olive garden. Uh, just so that you know, they were not having pasta and noodles. Praise God. It was the garden of Gethsemane. Stay with me. Hallelujah. But they were in the garden. And Jesus began to say, these are the things that are going to be signs of the last days. But notice the first words he used. Take heed. That means take precaution. Keep your eyes open. Stand your guard. Be vigilant. Make sure you know that this is the time. He said, do not be deceived. In other words, don't fall for the lie, for the tricks of the enemy. Because there's going to be a lot of deception in that time. And he begins to tell them, many will be saying that they are Christ. Many will be calling themselves, I am. They'll even say, I am the Messiah. Jim Jones, he made uh, 90-something people drink Kool-Aid, and they all went to their death, and they believed that he was the Messiah. 900, 900 people, oh my God. 900 people. He talked about rumors of wars. Wars and rumors of wars. Listen, we have always lived under the age of war, but now more than ever, military analysts have declared the 20th century as the century of warfare. More wars have been fought in our day than in any time in history. I want to also bring this to your attention. We now have superpower nations on earth. They all have nuclear bombs, nuclear warheads, and literally one button can send the whole world into the ice age. Nuclear weapons are 1,000 times more powerful than the atomic bomb that was dropped on Japan. Let me give you some stats. The atomic bomb that was dropped in Japan, there were 250,000 people killed with one bomb. It killed everybody within a one to three mile radius. That was one atomic bomb. A nuclear bomb has the potential to kill 250 million people within a 50-mile radius. That is one bomb. 
We now have chemical and biological weapons. I believe the coronavirus is a, is a weapon that they were using against us and somehow it dropped on them. And they're the ones paying the great price for a biological warfare. Let me talk a little bit about this too. It's called EMP, electromagnetic pulse. Russia has developed a weapon that can literally be blown up 30,000 to 60,000 feet up in the sky. You won't even see it. It will blow up and then it'll cause a wave, an electronic magnetic pulse. Waves that literally fall down and cover areas hundreds of thousands of miles wide. If you look at the top map, literally one bomb, look at how much territory it will cover. The whole United States can be totally obliterated with one EMP, one bomb in the air. And then people are complaining because Trump started a Star Wars program or Space Wars. But you know why that Space Wars uh, uh, branch is, is put up? So that it could protect us from our enemies that want to launch a warfare yes. in space. These EMPs, now everybody is paying close attention. There's stress all over the world. And now the, the, the current push is about a new world order. Let's bring an end to all this hostility. Let's bring an end to all warfare. Let's unite. Let's come together. Let's make the world a better place. Look at the, the quote on the bottom. Shakira, right in the first, the first words out of her mouth in the Super Bowl was, let the empires of the world unite. She's saying, let's prepare the way for the Antichrist to come. Let's declare world peace. Let's come together and be one. And people are thinking, well, you know what, Pastor, that's far-fetched. Well, no, it's not. There's already, it's called the Club of Rome, the Council of Rome. In 1968, a year after Israel took possession of Jerusalem, they formed a world government system. Ten nations divided already. The whole world is divided. It's called the Club of Rome or the Council of Rome. And this is how the whole world is to be divided in the new world order. And guess who's going to be the leader of that? Listen, I'm not telling you something. The book of Daniel talks about ten horns. And one among them is, is the boasting horn. I could read down the whole list of all the, 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 the stats. But it's all there. I'm going to keep going for the purpose of time. I'm telling you, church... Prophecy, scripture, end time revelation is being fulfilled right before your eyes. Think of the word rumor, because Jesus used the word rumor. It's a Hebrew word that he said, akoye. That means something reported, heard, or spread, a sense of repudiation or threats. Rumors are literally based out of deception. A rumor can never be realistic because it is always based upon limited facts or perceptions. Basically, in essence, rumors are gossip. Rumors collide with truth. Rumors are in league with the devil, with deception. John 8, 44 says, you are the father of lies. They were birthed in you. And anyone rolling in gossip and rumors and all that is in league with the enemy. I want to tell you other things too because... It's important we understand there's not just wars and rumors of wars between the nations, but there are also wars going on inside the church. Amen. Go there. Go there. Go there. 
And Jesus told us, offense will come. It's part of the bait of Satan. We just finished the whole course on that a few months ago. There are so many Christians. You're probably upset with me right now. I can't believe I came to church and this brother is talking about this right now. When is he going to shut up? I ain't coming no more. I'm done. Get over it. Hallelujah. I'm trying to save your life. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you the truth so you would avert the flames of hell. Hallelujah. Everybody offended. Pastor didn't like my share. Pastor don't like me. I didn't get to sit in my favorite chair today. Somebody took my parking space. All they ever talk about is money. On and on it goes. Pastor, I know he's talking about me. I know he's talking about me. I need a wambalance. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't want to make funny humor of it, but the reality is this is what happens. I love this post. I'm offended. That means I'm right. Offended people really believe that they're right. I'm leaving the church. I'm out of here. Peace. Deuces. Listen to this. Men, especially. Luke 21, 26. Men, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men walking in fear is ungodly. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And this is how Jezebel's spirits rise up. When a man doesn't want to take precaution, when a man doesn't want to lead, then he leaves his wife to start owning everything, to start running the show. And then you got chaos and disorder in the house. We got pastors and churches that are capitalizing on the fear of the people and they're having them buy uh, big buckets and gallons of food to prepare for the, for the doomsday, to prepare for the tribulation. But my Bible says, I'm not going to be here. Hallelujah. And they're capitalizing on the fear of the people. It, it really bothers me. Praise God. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right? It says, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Listen, if you're walking with Jesus, if you're walking in obedience, if you're a servant of the Most High God, and you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ here on earth below, I'm telling you, you will be taken. Hallelujah. You don't have to weather no storms down here. Praise God. Will you suffer? Yes. Will you go through persecution? Yes. But will you be here when all hell breaks out on earth? No. Because the tribulation is not meant for the people of God. The tribulation is wrath and it's judgment. And it's not reserved for God's people. Light will overcome darkness. Jesus will destroy all works of evil. Listen to these verses. Luke 21, 13 through 15. We read it, but it will be... An occasion for you for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your heart 
not to meditate beforehand what you will answer. Remember earlier, we talked about Jesus will give you the words. Luke 21, 18 through 19, but not a hair on your head shall be lost. Revelations 3.10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell in the earth. People of God, it is high time for evangelism. It is high time for us to understand the times that we're in. It's time for us to share the truth. You are God's plan A. He expects you to accomplish his agenda here on earth. It is a perfect opportunity, a perfect time to share the gospel, the antidote, the remedy, the cure for the world's ill. Not to remain silent, but a time to speak up. Forget about political correctness. Forget about the rumors. Forget about the lies. We need to encourage one another, comfort one another with encouraging words, and help each other to go and share the gospel with those who would listen. God's word. He says he will impart wisdom. He will fill your mouth with his words. I don't know if you've ever been out in the field sharing your faith with anybody, and in the moment that you're speaking, God begins to give you the words right on the spot. If you've never experienced, you don't know what it's like to hear from God on the spot. But so many of us will never know because we don't want to step out in faith. But when you go and open your mouth, bam, you say, oh, my God, how did I remember that one? Oh, Lord, just keep it coming, Lord. I hear you, Jesus. And they're talking about, what about this? What about that? You say, the Lord said, bam. The Lord said, bam. The Lord said, bam. And then they hit you with a doozy. And you say, oh, God, what am I going to say now? The Lord says, boom, and gives you another word. Hallelujah. You don't have to be afraid to go and share your faith. The Great Commission, go ye therefore. The first word, go. We could come here week after week and sit our behind on a comfortable chair, but the kingdom of God is not growing. Church is meant for us to grow in our maturity and our faith, to get trained and equipped, but then to be sent forth two by two. Our responsibility is to share the gospel. Did you know that as you start the fire, you ignite someone else, and they ignite another person, they ignite another. Next thing you know, there's a Holy Ghost fire throughout the land. I believe we're living in a time where the greatest uh, a complete revival is going to spread like a wildfire in the land. We're going to be the nation. We're going to be the people that see it happen on earth. Let me just tell you, there are tragic events that have taken place in our land, and we miss opportunities. You know, when these tragedies come, isn't it funny when there's a mass shooting, or all the people go on that are for gun control, and they're like, we got to get rid of guns. We got to get rid of guns. And they use every opportunity to push the agenda. But when there's a crisis out, the church is silent. On 9-12-2001, The day after 9-11 happened, the churches were filled to capacity. And people were writing uh, 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 salvation cards. Oh, we got 300 uh, conversions for Jesus. But nobody followed up with them. Where are those people today? It's business as usual. Back to business. 
He said, when you see these events, it will be as an opportunity for you to share your testimony, to share the word of God, to evangelize with people. What kind of fireman would I be if I didn't announce to you that there was a fire? What kind of policeman would I be if I didn't warn you about criminals? What kind of doctor would I be if I didn't tell you about diseases and how to prevent them? What kind of pastor would I be if I didn't tell you about the reality of hell and damnation? What kind of Christians would we be if we don't tell the world about Jesus? Listen to me, and I'm coming to a close. Do you know what happens when we sit in our chair and we don't tell people about Jesus? We're basically telling them, go to hell. Did you hear what I said? In our nice, comfy, cushy chairs, we're telling the world, go to hell. I've got my ticket already. Saints of God, if we don't do something, and I mean now, we're going to become fossils. We're going to become fossils. We either evangelize or we fossilize. We're going to become dead fossils. Skeletized dead bones on a chair with a butt print left behind. No legacy, no fruit, no ministry, but a butt print with a name tag on your seat. Do you think people are going to come to Christ because you donate money to the church? Do you think people are going to come to Christ because of your talent, your gift, or your abilities? Jesus said, go and make disciples. People don't come to Christ because of a great invitation, but because of a great command. They don't come to Christ for a great concert. They don't come to Christ for a a laugh you're behind off comedy night. They don't come to Christ because there's a killer band or a great worship team or a great speaker. They don't come to Christ because there's a church program or a movie night. Or how about this, a couple's dinner night. They come to Christ because the church leaves the building. Because the church becomes the church outside of the church. It's because we get off our behind and start getting active in our faith in the street. We cannot send masses of people letters. Come to our church. The pastor, he's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. The Lord said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. How about lifting up Jesus Christ? How about going out there and lifting him up? When you're at your dinner table, when you're invited to go to somebody's house, say, ho, 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 can I just pray? I'll lead us in prayer. Start there. Father God, in the name of Jesus, oh, I thank you, Lord. You are good. Oh, great is thy faithfulness, oh, God. Either one thing's going to happen. People are going to say, man, how do you love God so much? I don't even know how to talk to him. Or they're going to say, don't invite that person to this house ever again. My food got cold. They just spent all this time in prayer. (laughs) 
This is my second close. Hallelujah. For those that are keeping count. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. I want you to hear what, what the word says. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. That's God with a little g. Uh Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. People, tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Tell them about the cross. Tell them about the remission of sin. Tell them that their sins can be blotted out. Tell them about the reality of hell, the second death. Tell them that hell was not created for them, but it was created for the devil and his angels. That God's tender mercies wants no one to perish. Tell them about God's love, his son that died in their place. Go tell somebody the good news. Tell them that they could live forever and ever. That God will keep them from the hour of trial that falls upon the earth. Tell them that anyone that calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Tell them that whoever stands firm to the end shall be saved. Let us not be ashamed. Go and tell somebody. Hallelujah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, for the Greek. It is high time for evangelism, saints of God. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.